Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. I'm Dylan Tyre, and this is Believe in Ohio State. Finally over. It's an Ohio State game week. Dylan Tyre with you and very, very excited for you to be with me for this week of Believe in Ohio State because we get to talk an Ohio State football game previewing their week one matchup, a noon kickoff on Fox on Saturday against the Nebraska Cornhuskers. So we've got a big show, obviously, on tap today. Going to take you through my thoughts on that game. Obviously, we're going to go over what the Buckeyes in the National Football League did this past week. Going to give you my betting picks for the NFL. Going to give you my betting picks for the Ohio State game. We are going to break everything down very, very in-depth. This week, I'm also going to be joined briefly by Ohio State superfan Jake Jarvis. He's going to join me every week of the season to predict his, uh, or to give his score predictions for the Ohio State games because he has a knack for doing that. And if you're not familiar with who Jake is, like I said, he's an Ohio State superfan. He's famous around these parts in Ohio. Um, you've likely seen him on E60 before. Great story with him surrounding the Ohio State Buckeyes. Just a great guy. He announced uh, he announced a little bit with the Ohio State Student Radio when I was there, doing football games, doing basketball games. He absolutely loves Ohio State football. So if you're not familiar with Jake, make sure to look him up online, learn a little bit more about his story. But he's going to be joining me every single week this season to give his score predictions for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Can't wait to give you his prediction later in this episode. But why don't we start things off right now uh, with Buckeyes in the NFL? Going to change things up a little bit, going to do the NFL first this week. And I think that's how we're going to do it for the remainder of the season because I want the bulk of the episode to be dedicated to going over Ohio State's game in that week, whatever week that may be. So starting things off with Buckeyes in the NFL, Jeff Okuda, third overall pick in the NFL draft this year, stays red hot with the Detroit Lions, led the Lions with eight tackles this past weekend, beating the Jacksonville Jaguars. So a nice defensive effort by Jeffrey Okuda and the Detroit Lions uh, as Jeff is having a pretty good start to his NFL career. 
More guys on defense. Cam Hayward, defensive end for the Steelers, led the Steelers with eight tackles in their 38-7 triumph over the Cleveland Browns. A huge win, obviously, there for Pittsburgh and Cam Hayward. A serious, serious problem for Baker Mayfield all day long. Continuing with the defense, Jerome Baker had six tackles. Believe that was second best on the Dolphins' defense, helping the Dolphins to shut out the Jets. So Jerome Baker has been a big, big part of that surprising Dolphins' defense to start this season. The Dolphins not looking bad whatsoever. They're going to have Tua Tugovailoa taking over at quarterback. So an interesting team to watch down in Miami, an exciting team, and Jerome Baker's a big part of that. And we haven't given Mike Vrabel any love this season, but of course Vrabel himself, a former Ohio State Buckeye, I know we've been talking about players in the NFL a lot this season, but why not shed a little light on one of the best coaches in the NFL? He's got the Titans undefeated right now, dealing with so much uh, as it relates to COVID-19. That team has had it run rampant kind of through their organization. So Mike Vrabel doing a good job to keep that team rather on track this season, one of the best teams in the NFL, and they remain undefeated. So that will do it for Buckeyes in the NFL. And before I get to my NFL picks for next week, I got to tell you guys again, as always, about betonline.ag. And this is a huge, huge week for BetOnline because you can finally bet the Buckeyes. You might not be able to be at the Buckeyes games this year, but you can certainly bet these games. Be in on the action at betonline.ag. Like I said, in a couple of moments, going to give you my NFL picks for this upcoming week. Later in the episode, going to have my Buckeye picks for week one against Nebraska. But as always, BetOnline, they've got everything. They've uh, they've established themselves as a pretty good place for you to make some money betting sports. Maybe not even betting sports. You can do a lot of other stuff. They've got game spreads and totals. They've got team props, player props, even coaching props. Bet online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. They've always got their online casino as well. That never closes, so open 24-7. If you're not into the sports betting, maybe if you want to take a little break from the sports gambling, Head on over to their online casino any time of the day because it never closes. So head to betonline.ag today. Take advantage of all their great sign-up bonuses, a lot of different bonuses going on right now, so check that out. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So with that, right now it's time for my NFL picks. First and foremost, we got to go over what went wrong for me last week. It was a little bit smaller of a slate last week because we had the Saints and the Raiders on by, so only five games to pick, and I finished off under 500 at 2-3. and three. Still well over 500, though, on the season, 23-17 and 17 overall. If you're just joining me for the first time, every week in the National Football League, I pick the Bengals the Washington football team, the Saints, the Raiders, the Lions, and the Colts, because all of those teams boast the most former Buckeyes in the National Football League. So like I said, finished off last week 2-3, and three, had the Colts by 8 points over the Bengals. That did not happen, so I lost that one. I had the Lions covering 3.5 points against the Jaguars, hit that. I had the Washington football team covering 3 points against the Giants. That one cashed for me as well. So 2-1 and one heading into Sunday Night Football. Unfortunately, the Rams did not cover the three-point spread against the 49ers, so I lost that. Then on Monday Night Football, the Cardinals and the Cowboys, I thought the Cowboys were going to show up for that game, frankly. They looked awful. 
completely awful. It was embarrassing for Dallas, and uh, unfortunately for Ezekiel Elliott as well. He did not look good in that game with a couple of key fumbles early for the Cowboys. But I had the Cowboys covering two and a half points. That did not happen. The Cardinals covered those points, beat them handily. So that is how I went two and three on the week. Now let's get into this week's NFL picks. Hopefully I can get hot for you guys again. I've been pretty darn good so far this season, so looking to recapture a little bit of that good juju coming off a bad week under 500. Going to have one more game this week because only the Colts are on by this week in the National Football League out of the games that we're going to be picking. So let's start off Sunday at 1 Eastern, the Lions at the Falcons. I think the Falcons are going to cover the three points in this game. Just something tells me the Falcons are uh, going to feel a little bit comfortable coming off of their first win of the season. Their offense finally looked good. Matt Ryan finally looked good. Uh, That connection to Julio Jones was finally there after Jones has uh, struggled to stay healthy early this season. So I think the Falcons feel comfortable, feel good after their first victory. They're going to follow up with another one over the Lions. So my pick, the first pick of this week, the Falcons minus three. Then pick number two, also Sunday at 1 Eastern, the Browns at the Bengals, Battle of Ohio. I like the Browns bouncing back after their loss against Pittsburgh. Uh, I mean, frankly, the Browns were embarrassed in that game against the Steelers, so I like them to bounce back against an inferior opponent in the Bengals. Uh, So Browns minus three in this game. I like what the Bengals have done this season. I think Joe Burrow is, is very clearly going to be a good NFL quarterback. It's just uh, the defense. It's just the protection for Joe Burrow. He's taken a lot of hits this season, taken a lot of big hits this season. It hasn't quite completely clicked for the Bengals. I might be thinking a little bit differently about this pick. Had the Bengals held on to beat the Colts after getting out to a big lead in that game last week. But I like the Browns bouncing back. I think it's a a big prove-it game for Baker Mayfield. Big prove-it game for the Browns to really showcase whether or not They are legit this season, so I like them to step up and cover those three points. So I got the Browns minus three against the Cincinnati Bengals. Pick number three, also Sunday at 1 Eastern, it's the Panthers visiting the Saints. The Panthers are seven-point underdogs in this game. I frankly would not be surprised to see the Panthers win outright. I don't think they're a bad team whatsoever, even without Christian McCaffrey. And Christian McCaffrey might be back this week to face off against New Orleans. So my pick, uh, if you can't already tell, is going to be the Panthers plus seven. Pick number four, also Sunday at 1 Eastern, it's the Cowboys visiting the Washington football team. Well, I just got done harping on the Cowboys for how bad they looked against the Arizona Cardinals on Monday night. They're one and a half point favorites against the Washington football team. I like the Cowboys to cover. I just think something has to go right for them at some point. Washington is not a good football team whatsoever. They've got a lot going on at quarterback. I mean, they've got a lot going on with the rest of that team as well. Dallas, though, does uh, does kind of have a, a makeshift offensive line right now. Watch out for Chase Young in that game to wreak some havoc. Wreak some havoc rather. Chase Young has looked really, really good so far this season for the Washington football team. I believe this past week he was the highest-graded rookie defensive lineman by Pro Football Focus. So, I mean, Chase Young has been as, as advertised. I mean, he is very, very legit, the number two overall pick for the Washington football team, but one guy not going to be enough in that game. I like the Cowboys to cover one and a half points, so my pick against the Washington football team is the Cowboys minus one and a half. Sunday night football pick number five, it's the Buccaneers at the Raiders. 
the Raiders three-point underdogs in that game at home. The Buccaneers coming off a huge, huge win against the Packers after, I mean, frankly, embarrassing the Packers in Tampa. I like the Bucs to follow up with another victory. I think Tom Brady is starting to click down there in Tampa with all of his weapons. Ronald Jones has looked good out of the backfield. Chris Godwin getting healthy. Mike Evans also there. I mean, maybe the best wide receiver tandem in the National Football League. All due respect to Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, and also what the Cowboys have in their wide receiver room. But I really, really like what the Buccaneers were able to do against the Packers coming back down early in that game to beat them pretty big. So I like the Buccaneers minus three on Sunday Night Football visiting the Las Vegas Raiders. Now the final pick of the week, pick number six, Monday Night Football, the Bears at the Rams. I think the Rams are overrated, and I think right now the Bears are underrated. As all of you likely know, the Bears are my team, but right now they are 5-1 and one heading into this matchup against the Rams. I mean, each of the past two seasons, it feels like the Bears have had huge matchups against the Rams, Thursday Night Football, Sunday Night Football, Monday Night Football, whatever it may be, and it always feels like it's a prove-it game for either team. And I get the sense that this is kind of the same this year. The Bears are in the driver's seat right now for a playoff spot in the NFC, so not so much of a prove-it game for them. But they are five-and-a-half-point underdogs coming into this game. Their defense is just too, too good, I think, for the Rams. The Rams' defense is good in its own right, but it didn't really look good against the 49ers this past week, rather. So I like the Bears to cover the five-and-a-half points in this game, and I think the Bears are going to beat the Rams outright. So that will do it for my picks this week for the National Football League. To go over them one more time, the Falcons minus three, the Browns minus three, the Panthers plus seven, the Cowboys minus one and a half, the Bucks minus three, and the Bears plus five and a half. So that does it for everything having to do with the National Football League. Right now, let's go around the oval, shift things over to the collegiate side of things for Ohio State football and really start to get into the nitty-gritty of Week 1, 12 p.m. kickoff on Saturday, Big Noon kickoff on Fox, the Ohio State Buckeyes welcoming in the Nebraska Cornhuskers to an empty, well, almost empty, Ohio Stadium. And a nice segue right there because I'm going to go over some of the protocols, some of the regulations that Ohio State has released for these games, just in case you're wondering, in case you were wondering if you were going to be able to get to any of these games and, and just for your own personal knowledge, you know, what's going on at some of these games. Ohio State came out with uh, the news and the notes about how they're going to handle all of their home games, all four of their home games, came out with these notes a couple of days ago, so here they are. There's going to be around 1,600 people in the stadium, so that's a far cry from the 105,000 to 112,000 people that are in there usually. But it's not going to be completely empty. 1,600 people in Ohio Stadium in the shoe, 1,000 of which will be fans. Each visiting team is going to get 400 tickets for parents and families, and Ohio State players and coaches get four tickets each. So that's going to be the fans in the stadium. There are going to be 400 tickets for the opponent. There's going to be uh, about 600 tickets for the Ohio State Buckeyes. From there, the fans are going to be separated into pods of two, three, and four. So if you came with, uh, or if your parents came together to see, they'll be in their own pod of two. If your younger brother and sister and your parents came together, they'll be with, uh, they'll be together in their pod of four, and so on. And then those pods are all going to be distanced throughout the stadium. 
Everyone inside the stadium is going to have to have a face mask on, and everyone working the game, that means media, that means security, etc., all those type of people, they're going to have to go through a symptom check and a temperature check prior to entering the shoe. Now, a little bit of an interesting note that came out a couple of evenings ago. Coaches are not going to be required by the Big Ten to keep their masks on during the game. That, instead, is going to be enforced by schools. I mean, I think the coaches, for the most part, are going to try to keep their masks on like we've seen in the SEC, like we've seen in the ACC, the Big 12, all these other games that have already happened this season. For the most part, coaches keeping their masks on. You know, some guys, sometimes you'll see guys pull them down to yell at an official, things like that, to communicate clearly with their quarterback. But the big thing here is that the Big Ten is not going to be fining coaches for having their masks off. Instead, it's going to be up to the schools. And uh, I think that's just because, you know, the Big Ten is strict with the way they're handling COVID-19, and, and they should be, frankly. But uh, but they're not going to to penalize necessarily or, or fine head coaches for not having their masks on at certain times throughout the game. I'm sure they're encouraging these schools to tell the coaches to keep their masks on, and frankly, the coaches themselves want to keep their masks on because, like I talked about a couple of weeks ago, the uh, the penalties for getting COVID-19 in the Big Ten pretty much ruin your shot at completing an entire season because there is no wiggle room in the Big Ten Conference when it comes to scheduling, so you have to get all of your games in if you want a chance to compete for the national championship. So you can bet that Ryan Day is going to keep that mask on during the games just about as much as he possibly can, but if he were to not have that mask on all the time, don't worry, he's not going to be fined by the Big Ten Conference. Also missing from the stadium this year are going to be the Ohio State Marching Band, the best damn band in the land, cheerleaders, and Brutus the Buckeye, none of which will be in the stadium this year. There will be crowd noise, though, as uh, the Big Ten has provided sound for every stadium in the Big Ten this season to be played between 70 and 90 decibels, so there will be crowd noise in every Big Ten venue this season. Additionally, Ohio State's going to be putting together a Scarlet Saturday broadcast. It's going to be available to stream on a second screen. Um, That's going to involve the band and some of the more pageantry that you'd be used to during an Ohio State football game. So if you're interested in that, just uh, search Scarlet Saturday uh, for Ohio State, and you should be able to find it online. Additionally, no tailgating outside the stadium for Ohio State, and there will be no skull session, as there always is great tradition for Ohio State before every game. And then one last note as we continue to go around the Oval, Ohio State and Penn State, week number two. It has been announced that that game is ABC's Game of the Week, kicking off at 7.30 Eastern time on Halloween One of the top games of this entire college football season, Ohio State against Penn State. So that's going to be ABC's game of the week. So that does it for the news and the notes surrounding the Ohio State Buckeyes heading into week one against Nebraska. So right now, let's get into it. We're going to preview this matchup between the Buckeyes and the Cornhuskers. And let's get started with a couple of notes first about the Ohio State Buckeyes. As we have now heard from Ohio State head coach Ryan Day, he talked uh, yesterday with the media. So first and foremost, 
Nicholas Petit Ferrer has won that battle, at least for now, and he's going to start at right tackle week one against Nebraska for Ohio State. Remember, it was Nicholas Petit Ferrer and Paris Johnson battling for that spot at right tackle. Two big five-star prospects. Each was the top tackle prospect in their respective recruiting classes. So Nicholas Petit Ferrer, the guy with a little bit more college experience for Ohio State, he wins that battle week one, and he's going to start at right tackle against the Cornhuskers. Also, as it relates to the backup quarterback at Ohio State, Ryan Day has not committed to Justin Fields' backup yet. He said that they're going to get together, him and quarterbacks coach Corey Dennis, they're going to get together Friday night before the game and figure out a plan should Justin Fields, for whatever reason, go down in the game against Nebraska and they need somebody to fill in. Let me give you my thoughts on this quarterback battle right now and what Ohio State should do. I think Gunnar Hoke, the the guy with all the experience for Ohio State, is going to come in week one if Justin Fields gets hurt. I think he'll probably be the guy first off the bench as well if this game is a blowout, just out of respect, pecking order. Older guy on the team gets to come in first if this game is a blowout. But if Justin Fields gets hurt week one, and it's important that we're designating week one here because Gunnar Hoke is the guy who has more experience at Ohio State, knows this offense well, he's played in games before, but if Justin Fields goes down week one, I think Gunnar Hoke comes in. If this is week three maybe, I would not be surprised to see C.J. Stroud come into the game for Ohio State. And frankly, if Gunnar Hoke were, be to, were to be the guy that comes in week one for Ohio State, I'm not sure he would start week two if Justin Fields were going to be out for that game. I think it might be C.J. Stroud because Ohio State wants to win a national championship this season. And I don't think you can do it with Gunnar Hoke at quarterback. He just doesn't have that upside. He's going to be a guy who has a lower ceiling than C.J. Stroud or Jack Miller, the two freshman quarterbacks for Ohio State. And I think if Justin Fields, for whatever reason, were, were to get hurt early in the season, you have to go with C.J. Stroud because he's the most dynamic quarterback you have on the roster outside of Fields, and he gives you the best chance to win even though he is young and even though he's inexperienced at the collegiate level. So that's my two cents on the issue there. I don't think Justin Fields is going to get hurt. I don't want Justin Fields to get hurt. But you need to have a plan, and Ohio State isn't admitting that they have a plan yet. I think they probably do, and uh, I think it's going to be similar to what I just told you. I think C.J. Stroud will be the guy if it's a long-term injury for Justin Fields. I think Gunnar Hoke would be the immediate fix for Ohio State if Justin Fields has to miss a couple of plays or two. So keep that in the back of your mind for Saturday against Nebraska. Then the last little note for Ohio State before I break down the Cornhuskers a little bit it sounds like Marcus Hooker, Malik Hooker's younger brother, is going to be starting at safety for Ohio State. So more inexperience added to that Ohio State secondary. But everything that I'm hearing about Marcus Hooker is that he has all the same ball skills, if not better, than his older brother. And obviously we saw Malik Hooker at Ohio State. It seemed like he had an interception a game, a huge, huge playmaker out of the defensive backfield for Ohio State. So I'm not going to expect the same yet from Marcus Hooker. But obviously, the track record with the family is there. So Marcus Hooker likely going to start at safety against Nebraska for Ohio State. So keep your eyes out back there. We're going to talk about Ohio State secondary a little bit later. But right now, we're going to get into the Nebraska Cornhuskers. So last season, Nebraska went 5-7 and seven in their second season under head coach Scott Frost. They have a record under Scott Frost of well under 500. 
They haven't been good, frankly, with Scott Frost at the helm, but pundits are saying this year a 500 finish, 4-4 four and four for Nebraska, would, uh, would be a pretty good season. That's what they're expecting, something along those lines. So decent this year for the Cornhuskers, but not great playing out of the Big Ten West. So 5-7 and seven last season, that included a 48-7 loss at the hands of Ohio State in Nebraska. So remember, a home game this year at the Shoe last season, it was in Lincoln. Now, Nebraska, even though they went 5-7 and seven last year, they return a lot of experience this year. They lack depth on both sides of the ball, but they are pretty experienced, in particular on offense. They do have one one big major departure on offense, though, and that's J.D. Spielman. He was their leading wide receiver, very, very dynamic, a thorn in this or a thorn rather in the side of many opponents, including the Ohio State Buckeyes throughout the years. J.D. Spielman, very dynamic at wide receiver, but they lose him to transfer. They also have a new addition this year, and it comes in their coaching staff, a new offensive coordinator in Matt Lubick. So he teams up with Scott Frost to see if they can get that offense and Adrian Martinez, their quarterback, back on track. Then as it relates to defense for Nebraska, they're young up front on defense in their front seven on the line and in their linebacking core. But their secondary is definitely the strength of that defense. A lot of returners in the secondary, so a pretty good test week one for Justin Fields and the young Ohio State wide receivers against a pretty good Nebraska secondary. Now, a lot was made of the quarterback position for Nebraska heading into the 2020 season. Believe it or not, there was a quarterback battle for the Cornhuskers, and that surprises me because they have a former All-Big Ten quarterback in Adrian Martinez. And Adrian Martinez is a guy that had, I believe, top five Heisman odds going into last season. Very dynamic quarterback. He can throw. He can run. But he nearly lost the job to redshirt freshman Luke McCaffrey going into this season. McCaffrey, uh, he gave it all he could in the quarterback battle, but Nebraska has announced that Adrian Martinez is going to start the game against Ohio State. Junior quarterback will start the game at the shoe against the Buckeyes. But Scott Frost has gone as far as saying he believes he has two starting quarterbacks in Luke McCaffrey and Adrian Martinez. So I would not be surprised if Martinez were to struggle in this game against Ohio State, which he very well could, given uh, the talent that Ohio State has on the defensive side of the football. Would not be surprised to see Luke McCaffrey in this game at some point. But right now we're going to talk about Adrian Martinez because he's the guy who won that battle and is going to and is going to start against Ohio State. And he struggled last season. He was very, very good as a freshman quarterback, but he struggled in his sophomore year last year for numerous reasons. He was battling knee issues for a lot of the season last year. Finished the year with only 1,956 yards through the air. Awful touchdown to interception ratio. 10 touchdowns through the air. 9 interceptions a season ago. But he is very dynamic with his feet. Despite that knee injury last year, ran for over 600 yards and 7 touchdowns. He's done that each of his first two seasons at Nebraska. Over 600 yards on the ground and over 7 touchdowns on the ground in his first two seasons with the Cornhuskers. So, I mean, he's a, a very dynamic quarterback, and Ohio State will have their hands full. Obviously, Ohio State has had a ton of success against Nebraska the past couple of seasons, against Scott Frost the past couple of seasons, but you always have to watch out for a quarterback as dynamic as Adrian Martinez is. So he's going to be a guy definitely to watch in this game against Ohio State. 
couple of other guys to watch out for for the Cornhuskers. Wandale Robinson, he's essentially going to take over for Spielman on that offense. A guy that can run the ball out of the backfield, also play out of the slot. Wandale Robinson last year, he was a second-team freshman All-American. He had 443 receiving yards and 340 rushing yards. So obviously very dynamic. He's going to be an issue for Ohio State. I mean, they're going to have a lot of focus on Wandale Robinson because he, outside of Adrian Martinez, is the most dynamic player on that offense. I'm just telling you right now, he is a player to watch out for. And while I'm telling you to watch out for Wandale Robinson, we also have to have eyes on his backup. And that's Brody Belt. He plays a similar role for that offense, and he is said to be very, very aggravating for opponent defensive coordinators, for opponent fans. He's a guy that's just going to pick up those extra yards, make that extra little play, and make things difficult on the opponent defense. So watch out for Brody Belt to pick up when Wandale Robinson's off the field. They might be on the field at the same time. But those two guys are a couple of players to watch on that offense for Nebraska outside of their running back, Dedrick Mills. And now let's talk about Mills a little bit. Last season, a good year for Mills. Didn't quite rush for 1,000 yards, but he did have 5.2 yards per carry and 10 touchdowns on the ground. Pretty decent game against Ohio State last season in the 48-7 Nebraska loss. 11 carries for 67 yards, and he scored Nebraska's only touchdown. He's expected to be their bell cow this year. Diedrich Mills is a guy that uh, that Scott Frost really wants to ride. He's made that clear going into this season. He wants to ride Diedrich Mills. He wants to give him every opportunity to be a 1,000-yard rusher for the Nebraska team, wants, uh, wants him to be their lead back through and through. So Diedrich Mills, I'd imagine, is going to get the rock a lot on Saturday against the Buckeyes. I'm going to get into why I think that in just a few more moments. On defense, like I said, it's a very, very young defense up front for Nebraska. They're secondary, well-seasoned, particularly cornerback DiCaprio Boodle. All-time name right there. Fantastic college football name, DiCaprio Boodle. But on top of having an awesome name, he was honorable mention All-Big Ten last year at cornerback, redshirt senior. So uh, well-seasoned back there. A ton of Big Ten experience, a ton of experience against Ohio State. Um, so watch out for DiCaprio Boodle playing against some of these young wide receivers for Ohio State on Saturday. Now matchups to watch. We've gone over the Ohio State notes. I've helped you get to know Nebraska a little bit. Now I want to go over some of the matchups that I want to watch on Saturday. First and foremost, I want to watch Adrian Martinez facing off against this young, unproven, inexperienced Ohio State secondary. This has the potential to be a very scary game for Ohio State. They're young in the secondary. They're young and thin at defensive tackle right now. So I'm really not sure or I'm really uncertain of what to expect from the Ohio State secondary first and foremost. And that's why I think Adrian Martinez might be able to take advantage in this game. And if he's going to take advantage, I think it has to be early. Because if I know Ohio State... They're sometimes a slow starting team, particularly on defense, and then they find their footing later in the games. Ben, don't break. And I expect kind of the same for Saturday because Ohio State hasn't played a real football game in a long time. Very inexperienced secondary outside of Sean Wade. Going to have new starters at the outside cornerback 
opposite Sean Wade, going to have a new starter at the slot cornerback, and you're going to have a new starter at safety. Talked about Marcus Hooker, his ability to find the football, his ability to play the football in the air from that free safety spot for Ohio State. It's going to be a huge, huge day for him, challenging Adrian Martinez. It's going to be a huge day for these cornerbacks for Ohio State, challenging Adrian Martinez and the wide receivers for Nebraska. So that's a big, big matchup. Matchup number one, Ohio State secondary against Adrian Martinez, just because the OSU secondary is completely unproven. This is a game, and this is a quarterback that you can prove yourself against. If Ohio State is able able to perform, if these DBs are able to perform against Adrian Martinez, a quarterback who is respected across the country despite his struggles last season, if they are able to perform against a respected quarterback like this, a lot of questions will be answered after week one, I believe. So that's my biggest matchup to watch this week. Matchup number two that I'm interested in is Dedrick Mills, the Nebraska running back, against the OSU front seven. And in particular, those defensive tackles. Because Ohio State, very, very thin there. A lot of inexperience there. I mean, they've rotated defensive tackles a lot these past couple of seasons. Tommy Togiai, very, very good at defensive tackle. I think he's going to be a beast this season. But Ohio State, I don't think, is going to have that ability to rotate as much in Week 1. Teron Vincent battling injury. Obviously, the situation with Haskell Garrett, he's recovering. So I don't know if Ohio State's going to be able to rotate as much as they want at the defensive tackles. That means tired defensive tackles later in the game. So I'm interested to see what sort of running room there is in this game for Diedrich Mills. Because if he's able to get through that defensive line, if the OSU D-line isn't able to get a push on the run, that leaves a lot up to the Ohio State linebackers. They're going to have to make a lot of plays in this game. In, uh, in addition to the Ohio State linebackers, that also means that Marcus Hooker would have to step up at safety and make some tackles as well in the run game if the defensive line is not able to get a good push against the run for Nebraska. Now, I'm not doubting the Ohio State linebacking core whatsoever. I think that's probably the biggest strength of this defense for Ohio State is their linebackers. But if Diedrich Wills, uh, or if Diedrich Mills rather, has a lot of room to run, it could be trouble for Ohio State. And that could also open up the pass for Nebraska as well. So keep an eye out on that. The running back against the Ohio State front seven, in particular, their defensive tackles. Now, the last thing I want to watch for in Week 1, Ohio State against Nebraska, is the Buckeyes' young wide receiving core against this seasoned, older, veteran Nebraska secondary. Obviously, Chris Olave has been here for Ohio State. Obviously, Garrett Wilson was a standout freshman last season for Ohio State, but he's moving to the slot this year, which means somebody is going to have to step up at the wide receiver position opposite Chris Olave. Is that going to be Jamison Williams? Is it going to be a collection of these all-world freshmen that we've talked about? Are we going to see freshmen rotating in with Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson? Whatever the case, they're going to be facing off against some of the most seasoned veteran cornerbacks and defensive backs they're going to see all season long, and that's going to be in their first-ever collegiate games. So I'm very, very interested to see how these young wide receivers look against the Nebraska secondary because similar to the way that Ohio State's defensive backfield is unproven, facing off against a respected quarterback like Adrian Martinez, I think the same can be said for Ohio State's wide receivers facing off against a respected defensive backfield of Nebraska. So if these wide receivers look all-world and burn these defensive backs in Week 1, 
I think Ohio State is going to be in a very, very good position going forward this season, knowing that they have proven talent at wide receiver. They know they have the talent there, but they want it to be proven, and I think the Ohio State wide receiver room can prove itself in week one against a pretty talented secondary of the Nebraska Cornhuskers. So that does it for my preview of Nebraska, my matchups to watch for Ohio State against Nebraska. So right now, let's get into our game picks. And with that in mind, we're going to throw it over to Ohio State superfan Jake Jarvis as he joins me to give his Ohio State pick. And the reason that I want to have Jake on every week this season, he is darn accurate when it comes to predicting Ohio State football. So without further ado, here he is, Jake Jarvis. All right, happy to be joined right now by Ohio State superfan Jake Jarvis. Jake and I go way back. We used to broadcast games together at Ohio State. Jake has the ability to, I mean, what do you think, Jake? Pretty frequently, accurately predict the score of Ohio State football games. So that's what I want to have you on to do this season. Pretty accurate, right? You have a good track record with it? Yeah, I guess I do. (laughs) All right, but before we get into our uh, score prediction for week one against Nebraska, rather, it's been a long time coming. And I mean, somebody like you that loves Ohio State football so much, it had to be torture not having the Buckeyes start when they normally start, having to wait a little bit extra to start this season. But how happy are you just to be able to watch Ohio State football now that things are finally getting back to normal? Um, I'm looking forward to it. You know, there's been bumps and stuff going on the road with the Big Ten, and I'm just excited to be back. I think I think we're gonna I think we're gonna do it this year. I got faith in them. Uh, I'm I'm excited, and I I can't wait. It was, I've been waiting too long, and I'm just ready to go. So pretty good outlook for Ohio State football. You're predicting a national championship, so obviously you're gonna have Ohio State winning Week One against Nebraska. I think I'm right there with you. I love what Ohio State's gonna do this season. I was talking about it on last week's episode. I think Justin Fields has a pretty good shot of winning the Heisman Trophy this season. I think he's going to do it, which I'm really excited about. What do you think about Justin Fields this year? You know, Justin Fields, he's, he's a good passer. Uh, last last year, he showed me a lot of uh, pride, and he liked, it sounded like he wanted to be there and just support his team. But also, he can throw the ball. He can get out of the pocket. He can get first downs. Uh, but most of all, um, we got some Heisman candidates too, but I just don't know since because we're doing an eight-game season. We're late in the season, so I don't know if we're going to have a Heisman for Justin Fields. But you know, I think if he proves himself and he, th- and he thinks he can do it, I think we'll have a Heisman finalist. Well, that's a good a good thought by you because you know the the loyalty that he showed coming back to Ohio State is huge this season. You know, so many guys were considering the opt out, but it felt like Justin Fields never even thought about that. He always wanted to play for Ohio State this season. So obviously, you're very excited to see Justin Fields play this year, just like I am. Are there any other players on this team, whether it's on offense or defense, that you're excited about or that you've heard a little bit about that uh, you're expecting big things from? Well, I've heard we got an Oklahoma transfer. That's He's, he's pretty good. So <laughs> I, think he, I think he'll do well for Ohio State. So you're big into Trey Sermon this season. You yes. think he's going to be big out of the backfield, taking over for J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, you know, Trey Sermon, he, he's a good runner, you know, with Oklahoma's quarterbacks. They're not known for running backs, but, you know, I'm glad he transferred to Ohio State. I just think he can do it. You know, he's – I think he can be like Zeke. I think he can get out and just run quick with the offense. 
Well, you talk about Oklahoma, and maybe they're known for their quarterback play more so than their running back. So we don't even know what Trey Sermon's ceiling is. And Ohio State is certainly known for their running backs more so than their quarterbacks. Maybe not in the past couple of years because they've had Dwayne Haskins, Justin Fields, JT Barrett, some big-time Buckeyes. But there is a long history of elite running backs at Ohio State. So maybe with a good season this year, Trey Sermon can join that group. But right now, I want to get into the Nebraska game. So let's just get right into it. Give me your score prediction for Nebraska. I think Ohio State's favored in this game by something like 21 points as of right now. Obviously, I think Ohio State's going to win. But how big do you think it's going to be? What's your score prediction? You know, I don't think it's going to be big since we didn't have spring practice. We didn't have a, like really have a spring game. So, you know, what? Uh, I could see Ohio State rolling 49-20. 49-20. So Ohio State with a 29-point victory in this game. But nothing over 50, no 60 points for Ohio State in a game like this. You just think the offense will take a little bit of time to click, but it's still Ohio State, so still 40 points. Yeah, we're going to have some waves. It's definitely not going to be easy, but we'll see what Ohio State can do against Nebraska. All right, Jake. Well, thanks very much for this, man. I appreciate it, and I look forward to uh, having you back every week to do it. You're welcome. All right, so there you have it from Jacob Jarvis. Thank you very, very much to Jake for joining me this week. Cannot wait to have him back every single week this season. So uh, you guys have that to look forward to. We get Jake's score predictions every single week. I like it from Jake, 49-20 to in favor of Ohio State. And with that in mind, right now it's time for my picks for the Ohio State game. So we're going to start things off with the spread. Ohio State, as of right now, 26-point favorites against the Nebraska Cornhuskers. I mean, you first look at that and you're like, oh my goodness, 26 points, Ohio State against Nebraska. I thought this game would open at something like 19, but 26, a touchdown more than what I thought. So I was a little bit hesitant when I first looked at it. But then I did a little bit of research. Ohio State is 5-1 and one against the spread against Nebraska since the Cornhuskers joined the Big Ten. As well, Nebraska is 2-7 and seven in their last nine games against the spread. So that leads me to believe that Ohio State is uh, is a pretty good favorite to cover this 26-point spread in this game. So my game pick is Ohio State by 26, the Buckeyes minus 26 against Nebraska. It's a little bit intimidating, I know, but I like it. Because if you look at the track record between these two teams the past few seasons, Ohio State has completely dominated the Cornhuskers. I mean, send it back to a couple of seasons ago. When Ohio State was ranked third, I believe Nebraska came into the shoe ranked 10th. That was a closer game. Well, at least people thought it was going to be a close game, and Ohio State ended up winning 63 to nothing. So just something about Ohio State against Nebraska. I like the Buckeyes by 26 points. Jake's liked them by 29 points in his prediction. So I like the Buckeyes covering 26 points in this game as right now we move to the over-under. The over-under is set at 65.5 points in this game. Now, the last two meetings have gone under after the previous four went over between Ohio State and Nebraska. Along those same lines, the over is 16-4 in in Nebraska's last 20 games as an underdog. Now, what that says to me is that Nebraska finds ways to score as an underdog. Now, I think this game is going to be more high-scoring than people think. You know, 
kind of, well, obviously by that over-under, people are assuming this is going to be a 40-20 to 20 type of game in favor of Ohio State. Maybe the offense comes out a little bit slower than usual because it's the first game after a long layoff. I don't see it. I think Ohio State's going to be very, very sharp. Obviously, Justin Fields is maybe the best quarterback in the country. He's a very dynamic passer, very dynamic runner. I talked about the Nebraska secondary, but I just think Justin Fields is better than their secondary. And maybe the biggest thing here when it comes to the over-under for me is the rushing game for Ohio State. Nobody knows what to expect from Trey Sermon and Master Teague out of the backfield for the Buckeyes because J.K. Dobbins was so good. You don't know how he's going to be replaced. But remember what I said earlier. The Nebraska front seven is very, very inexperienced. They have a young front seven, young defensive line, young linebackers. And I think Ohio State's offensive line is going to be able to take clear advantage of that. Ohio State has a monstrous offensive line. And I think particularly when it comes to the run. I think Ohio State is going to bully this front seven of Nebraska, and I think they're going to run all over them. I would not be surprised to see Ohio State have multiple 100-yard rushers in this game against Nebraska. Maybe a, a fun little prediction, a prop bet if you can find it from me right there. But I like Ohio State's ability to run the ball against the Cornhuskers in this game. And that leads me to thinking that Ohio State is going to score more than we think in this game. Because if the run's working, the pass is certainly going to work for Ohio State. So my score prediction, Jake said 49-20. to 20. I agree with him. I think Nebraska is going to be able to score a little bit in this game. I think Adrian Martinez is going to test the secondary of Ohio State. I think Nebraska is able to score 21, 24 points in this game, somewhere in that range. But I think Ohio State's going to put it over 50. I think Ohio State's offense is going to come out looking very sharp. I think Justin Fields has something to prove. I think he wants to win the Heisman Trophy this season, obviously wants to win a national championship. This offense has a chip on its shoulder after losing to Clemson in the college football playoff last year. I think they come out. They do not skip a beat. I think they hang 50 on the Cornhuskers, and I think this over is smashed. So I like the over 65 and a half in this game, Ohio State-Nebraska. So again, my picks, Ohio State minus 26 in the over of 65 and a half. So there we have it. Week number one, our preview for Ohio State-Nebraska. It's finally here. Take a deep breath. Ohio State football is finally here. So happy you could almost cry tears of joy. And we only have a couple of more days until kickoff at the shoe. Again, the game, noon Eastern, big noon kickoff on Fox at Ohio Stadium. The Buckeyes and the Cornhuskers is that will do it for this week of Believe in Ohio State. Again, thanks very much to Jake Jarvis for joining me this week on Believe in Ohio State. So excited to have him back every single week this season to give his score prediction for the Ohio State Buckeyes. And as always, thank you very much for joining me for Believe in Ohio State. Can't wait to talk to you again about the result for Week 1 and also to preview Week 2 Ohio State against Penn State. So again, thank you very, very much. And here's to Ohio State football finally being back. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. 
hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.